Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Barnabas Piper. Today's episode is going to sound a little bit different than what we normally do because it will be a collection of a few of our Patreon bonus episodes. Each month, we put out two or three of these on patreon.com for those listeners who support us financially there. Uh, You can also get some free books for supporting us at different levels, things like that. So if you go to patreon.com slash happy rant podcast, or just go to patreon.com and search for happy rant, you can find us, see how to support us there. That helps cover all of our costs. But these are episodes where we simply pose a single question and then rant about it together. And so they're a little bit shorter. We're going to put two or three together in this episode, and that will be what you get to hear now. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. In case we haven't met, I'm Dino Colombo. I represent people hurt by a truck. It's what we do every day. Navigating the law can be tough, but we're tougher. Let us handle the fight. Hurt by a truck? Call Colombo Law. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Patreon-only podcast, a very special podcast for our very special listeners, those who support us financially via Patreon. I'm Ted Cluck, joined as always in our Patreon-only studios by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, the setup is simple, boys. Pipe brings to the question or to the table one question, undoubtedly more provocative than the thing that we just talked about on our real show. Pipe, what do you have for us? I have a, I have, I think what'll be a fun question because we love to talk about nostalgia and then all of us, you know, we enjoy various aspects of of culture. So the question is, what do you try to keep up with? Like what new thing do you try to keep up with? And then the second half of the question, what did you used to try to keep up with? So like new music, new Mm -hmm. movies, you know, whatever it is, what are the things that you're like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to invest in keeping up with this. And then what Mm -hmm. are the things that you used to, and you've now given up on? That's, that's good. Big R. Oh man, I so I, I yeah I used to I used to keep up with music pretty religiously, and then I really I had some eb, ebbs and flows with that to where I just don't care or like keeping up with music like the format to do that or or the different ways that we used to do that they change and then I'm not interested mm-hmm. in it and then I got and then I got to sort of like kind of find those areas where you can like stay current on it or. And so I've kind of I've like I've ebbed and flowed through that over the mm-hmm. years. And so there's some websites you can go to where they're always like daily updating. Hey, these are new artists and this is new stuff going on and these different categories of music and all that kind of stuff. So 
Um, I would say that compared to the way I used to be, uh, like I know almost nothing anymore, but enough to know enough to have some good conversations with people that like do some of the stuff that I do. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm always in kind of like a weird, do I care? Do I not care? Like face. And then what happens is, is I'll be like, I'll be sitting at this doctor's appointment with big M like on Saturday and they're playing like, I don't know, some current Spotify list or something. And I'm like, I don't, I know this is all new. I can tell by the production that this is all current music, but like, I have no, I haven't heard any of these songs. And then I'm like, oh man, I've just, I've reached that point. I've reached that old man, dad point where I, I don't yeah. even know what the, I don't know what the kids are doing anymore. You know? Yeah. I feel that. I think I'm similar in that I used to kind of keep up with it, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much old man in that regard. Like the, the, the act of learning new music just seems overwhelming to me in that well, there are so many options. Um, yeah. I don't know that I could do it. Um, yeah, I, I, I have a question, Roddy, because you said something yeah. that I found super interesting. Because I, I used to I was never like a music guy in terms of always keeping up. But I sort of was like generally aware of what was new. And you said the way of keeping up with it changed. Do you mean like it is now just all kind of pumped out independently through streaming services or, or like what? Because I feel like that that was kind of what changed for me was like when there wasn't sort of a one stop shop where you could sort of see all the new stuff and kind of just keep abreast of it. I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not searching anywhere for this. I'll just find whatever <laughs> comes across my radar. Yeah. So what do you guys keep up with? Um, this is kind of a hard question for me. Like, I think the easy answer is just football. Like, I enjoy watching football. I always have. I always will. It's the only current thing I watch. It's the only, like, thing in real time that I watch. You know what I mean? Um, everything else is a show that either came out two years ago or 20 years ago, or I usually see movies after the fact. I don't know that I keep up on anything. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, I I used to, I used to keep up with movies really pretty religiously, probably up until, well, kind of pre-COVID actually. Like I was, I would mm -hmm. go see not all new releases. I'm no Jared Wilson, but like mm -hmm. a vast majority, unless I was like, that is a genre I know I have no interest in. And I, I probably have been to the theater twice in the last four years. You know, just, I just don't go anymore. Uh, and then I, it's hard to keep up with anything new because everything is released to independent services you know, whether it's movies, music, shows. And I'm like, I can't stream every service. I, I don't have time to watch every show. So yeah, I don't, I, I come to everything late now. I'm like, I'm truly just a, a late adopter. I think sports are about it. And even that is not nearly as consistent and religious as it used to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just got the did you see the text from Big R? <laughs> yeah, Ronnie's it's computer froze. That uh, I don't know if that's a computer froze or like, hey, my interest in this topic just froze and I'm out. Yeah, yeah, my, my I haven't heard my name in a little while. Um, <laughs> well, it makes sense because I asked him a question and then he didn't respond, and so that uh, yeah, that, yeah, that checks out. It's a good question. I mean, I, I I don't know how how much to worry about keeping up with things. You know what I mean? In the sense that there's like. There's so much to keep up with that if you were even halfway committed to like, let's let's just take music and movies, you would almost have to quit your job 
you know, to keep up with everything that's new in both of those spaces or yeah. have it be part of your job, which I think is what a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people have done, like just making writing about TV, writing about movies, you know, keeping how do you up get paid with for that. I mean, you don't get paid much like there's there's really like, you know, so many people want to do it that it's hard to get paid more than like 50 bucks to do it unless you write for like. I don't know, Rolling Stone or whatever, but, um, yeah, I don't know, you know, and if you got paid for it though, would it be fun anymore? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, if, if you anything that becomes an assignment immediately loses pleasure, like I do not want to watch. So like I had a, I had a guy who I know who, who asked if I wanted it. he knows that I like the show Ted Lasso. Um, yeah. and he's like, what if, what if we did a podcast where we sort of like broke down each episode from yeah. a, you know, kind of a thoughtful perspective. And I, and I immediately was like, I was like, man, I would love to rewatch the show. Doing a podcast with you sounds fun. And yeah. it sounds like that would suck all the enjoyment out of the show. Like, how do we do this without it immediately becoming like a total right. drain on enjoyment? And I, that's yeah, someone would, who has done that. And we haven't started before. that show. Yeah. It would, it would suck the enjoyment out of it. Um, it definitely so, would. And especially a show like that, that's so like about enjoyment. You know, at what point did you move from it was fun to keep up with what's new to it feels like it's stressful and a rat race because that that yeah I, it, for me it wasn't like a light switch I just sort of woke up and realized one day that I was like I I am happier when I don't care than when I'm yeah. trying to keep up with music with movies with anything that yeah. sort of new, <clears throat> anything new release based I don't even do it with books anymore because like. I mean, you know this, the Christian book publishing yeah. industry is just like, I mean, it's, it's all just throw it against the wall and see what sticks. So there's 27 yeah. new releases. I don't even keep up with the books that I'm asked to endorse. Like there's right. just too much. And, and that's not that many. I'm just like, I don't know. There's a billion. How do you keep up with this stuff? Totally. Totally. I actually have a theory on this. Um, I think prime time for keeping up on, on crap like that is like age 20 to age 30. Like you've graduated you're doing your first job. You don't yet have any kids. You probably don't like the job. So you're kind of just filling the day with like, you know, in our era, it was like reading blogs about fantasy football or music or, you know, like Napster was coming out when I was in my first crappy jobs. And you know what I mean? So like, yeah, your day was you were supposed to spend eight hours at the office you probably did an hour and a half of actual work on a good day. Um, so the rest of the time you just filled kind of keeping up with dumb crap. But then you move up through the ranks. You get asked to do more, which is good. Um, you have kids, which is good. You get married, also good. Um, and before you know it, your life's really full and something's got to go. And for me, being the guy that could talk about the current pop culture thing was the thing that went because um, I just didn't have the time anymore. Yeah. And and it's the only way that is not the case is if you find you marry somebody who loves keeping up as much as you do. And mm. honestly, that the I'm aware of very few couples like that. The ones yeah. that I'm aware of, super weird and neurotic. Yeah, like, no, right. <laughs> there's and, and kind of in almost in like a dehuman way because they're so they're so focused on that stuff that like they actually struggle to relate to other humans. Yeah. Yeah. And, you're 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 kind of prevailing opinion about 
the those couples is like gosh they're shallow you know like fun to talk to at times but incredibly shallow but for like five minutes because after that they're like oh have you heard of this new just i mean pick whatever band you could literally say any two words right now and i would think you were describing a band like oh this new album it's real kind of like artsy funky they kind of they they wove in these into i'm like you you lost me at you know at new snarky puppy like which is an actual band that i've seen but uh that that kind of thing yeah and you're like i'm i'm sorry i'm 39 i had two kids I have a right. job plus, you know, like yeah. almost anybody with a single job right now really has more than that because of all the other responsibilities. So I was like, yeah, I don't have totally. time for this. Yeah. I do. You miss keeping up with new things. I don't actually. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I don't. And more and more, I find myself like just leaning on the old things. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's pleasant. I have a short commute. Um, you know, I'm in the car for like 15 minutes. So like, it's pleasant to dial up, I don't know, some nineties playlist on Spotify and enjoy that for 15 minutes. You know, I get like two and a half songs in and I'm there. Um, so I don't have time really to listen to music and I end up just kind of defaulting to what I like from the past, probably because it has positive memories and positive connotations. And yeah, at 46, in my case, I'm just not all that interested in like, new experiences musically you know what i mean <clears throat> yeah I, I mean i i've i even noticed the same thing like uh, when i moved to nashville so it's been nine years it was fun to keep up with the new restaurants opening um mm-hmm. you know nashville's a, a foodie city just Very chefs so. and restaurants and, and honestly yeah. most of them were disappointing because you go there and you're like oh look an aluminum tray with small sprigs of, of you know yeah locally sourced parsley or whatever and oh, look, uh, a bunch of things stacked atop each other and drizzled in something orange yeah. you know and the word compote is used frequently which <laughs> is yeah. uncomfortably close to compost but uh yeah it was fun to keep up because you're like oh a new hot chicken place a new burger place a new you know dive bar which is funny a new dive bar but like you know yeah, exactly. trying to go for that ethos and uh, so funny dude and now like I even quit following like the Twitter accounts and stuff that announce when stuff's opening. Cause I'm like, I, by the time I get there, they will have closed, you know, they yeah. will have gone out of yeah. business. So yeah, you just kind of find the places you like. You occasionally try one new, once you've heard from two or three people, it's really good. And it's, yeah. but the pressure is off, you know, like yeah. life is full. My wife and I go out once, once or twice a month to like go out to eat. And yeah, sometimes we just want to go to a place we know we're going to have a good time instead of like, experiment and sometimes we're like yeah let's try the new joint so i don't even like life is life is much more peaceful when i just sort of remove that stress and i occasionally stumble into something new but i'm not you know chasing the experience and the new release and all that yeah i i think too part of this is like for so much of society right now having the new experience is attractive only because you can then talk about the new experience on social media. So it's not even the experience for the sake of the experience. It's the experience for how I can leverage it, which seems, uh, I always talk about this on a broken record. Which diminishes the experience, frankly. It diminishes the experience because you're, you're already thinking about how can I use this to sort of make people think a certain way about me, which, which has ruined a lot of things, honestly. Um, there was a world in which you could just enjoy a song or a meal, like 
do you realize, Pipe, that like for the first half of our lives, the idea of photographing food would be ridiculous. You know, if you would send to somebody in like 1989, like, hey, aren't you going to take a picture of that before you eat it? They would have looked <laughs> at you like you were crazy. And also it would have been a casserole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're like, the tater tots don't photograph well. Sorry. Yeah, they're beige. The thing that they're next to is beige. You know, the plate's beige, the whole thing. But the, but the now do- it's The like, doily is nice, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> they look at you crazy if you don't photograph the, like, super colorful, like, things stacked atop other things thing, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's it's just – it's a new – kind of world that we're in where the new experience is leverageable almost immediately. Well, and it's, and, and, and which mean, which means that it's comparative. So like the, uh, everything, everything is a, like, have you tried this? I have, have you tried this? And so there's sort of this like one upmanship and you're like, it's now exhausting to have fun. Yeah. Because my fun yeah. is about to be one-upped by someone else's fun instead of just sort of like, <laughs> exactly. no, I haven't. We should totally go there. That sounds great. And you, you know, like we, yeah. it, it's, it's ping pong of, of new stuff and it's, yeah. And I'm like, just, I don't know. Well, I just, I just want a burger. That's good. Just point me in the it, right direction. It's everything being competitive, which is not fun. Like competition in its proper place. And we've come full circle in this hour to all the way back to theology of sports. But like competing in terms of experiences, not fun. Um, competing on a basketball court for an hour once a week, fun. Um, you know, so yeah, it's just everything's topsy turvy in terms of how skewed it is and how even experiences have become competitive. But uh, gosh, we wandered far afield on that one, Pipe. We did indeed. Which and and basically what we determined is we're tired middle aged men who just want a good meal. <laughs> exactly. And we want to listen to our nineties music. Yeah. Doggone it. Shut up um, shut up about introducing me new things. Give me a casserole yeah. and you know, play some Nirvana. Dude, nobody eats casseroles anymore. Because they're unphotographable. You know, they're what unphoto- I mean? and, and also a lot of cream based soups in there which aren't good for yeah. you. That's true. Yeah, the casserole is on the way out. We should talk. We should do a whole episode at some point on the upside of the casserole. Like, do we think it'll ever come back? Um, uh, no, t- Ted, your your devotion to fullbacks and casseroles, both of which exactly. I think will come back. It's going to happen. Some somebody's going to start like it's going to a, a restaurant called like Midwestern Mama, and yeah. it's going to be all like green bean casseroles, tater tot casseroles, cream of mushroom soup will be <laughs> in everything. And, I love it. And it'll smash. It'll do so well. It'll do so well. And you can charge like $94 for the green bean. Yeah. It, you know. the, the, the thing that cost you 87 cents to make with canned yeah. stuff from Sam's Club, you can yeah. you can serve up, you know, and the thing is you don't even have to plate it. Like it doesn't work if you do it. You just slap it on there. It's just kind of a slap plop. it on there. It's running all over the place. Dude, yeah, casseroles an- and fullbacks explains everything that anyone would ever <laughs> need to know about my body type. You know what I mean? It's if you so want to know what, if you want to know what Ted Kluck's body looks like, just think thick about neck, fullbacks. thick middle. Yeah, fullbacks and casseroles, baby. That's all you got to know. Oh man, pipe. We've done what we always do on this program, in that we've uh, started at pop culture and ended with casseroles, uh, which is the way it should be. And until next time. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Patreon-only podcast, a very special podcast 
for our very special listeners, those who support us financially via Patreon. I'm Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend and partner in Patreon radio, Barnabas Piper, who brings to the table one intriguing question. Pipe, what do you have for us? I have a very pressing question. I was talking with my wife and my sister-in-law the other day, and we were talking about kind of getting cornered into awkward conversations. Okay. They are, they are both uh, Michiganders. Uh-huh. I'm a Minnesotan. There's a strong sort of Midwestern sensibility and like politeness, which, you know, in the <laughs> South, politeness is also kind of syrupy, like it's, it's thick. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so we just, th- we were kind of discussing, well, how do you extricate yourself from an awkward conversation. So that's the question, Ted. What what are your best techniques for extricating yourself from awkward conversations? <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. And I don't know if this is like a function of Midwesternness or being an athlete or like some of both. My responses are pretty phys- physical in nature. So like if I'm sitting down, I'll do the like the Midwestern thigh slap. Oh, Um, solid. Yes. And then I'll, yeah. So it's a thigh slap and then you stand up. Do you you throw in a whelp in there? Yeah, dude, I do. I'm a, I'm a big whelp guy. So I'll throw in a whelp and I'll throw in a like, man, this has been so good. It's, it's been, it's been so nice to do this. Um, but the, the, the very clear subtext is that I'm done. Um, or if I'm in my office and some student or somebody's just socked in, like bloviating, like I'll I'll start putting stuff in my shoulder bag, you know, and I'll I'll be like, man, I gotta hop. Um, this has been great, and it's not a lie. Like you know, t- typically I do have something that I need to get to. Um, but yeah, it's hard, man. And like your your desire to not hurt somebody's feelings is definitely at odds with your desire to be doing anything else in that moment. How do you, how do you do it? Yeah. The, uh, the slap the legs whelp thing, like that's a good one, especially like if it's a, if you're at somebody's house, sort of the social yeah. engagement kind of thing. And you're like this, we, there's no way to just sort of be like, we have to go. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's just a good, that's a good way to kind of do that one. The, uh, yeah. I definitely use the man. It's been great talking to you. And what I've discovered is that some people just think that's a compliment. Like they think that that's a thing that happens mid conversation. So you just say that and then they just keep going. You're like, that doesn't mean I still want to keep talking to you. It means I'm finished for now. You're like, oh, wow, you like my talk? I'll keep going. (laughs) Yeah, no. Oh, good. I have more. Um, The the other one in this. Yeah, go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, the, the other one, this is a pure pastor technique is, you know, yeah. after service, somebody comes up and they, they're just going and going and going. It's the, well, let me pray for you, which oh, is, yeah. is uh, it might be a little sacrilegious, but like, that's what they came up for. And at some point yeah. I'm like, I, I understand, like you have, you've laid out your full story, your full yeah. problem. At this point, you're just you know, you're flogging the dead horse. And so <laughs> let me just pray for you. And then after that, it's like, you just kind of give them like the, the squeeze on the shoulder or the handshake or whatever's appropriate and kind of the, the nod and they're dismissed. And if they're not dismissed, I immediately go from praying to looking over their shoulder at the next person, you know, where yeah. it's like, so good to talk to you, then turn and talk to the next person. Yeah, so those are, those are pretty, too. those are pretty regular techniques. That's good, man. That's so good. The the one last thing that I've been doing lately that I that I feel like is working well, like if I'm ever having students over, or even if I'm just like meeting with a student in my office, 
I'll always like in the text or the email, I'll put an end time. So like if, if my journalism staff is coming over, I'll be like, Hey, we're doing dinner. We're hanging out from six to nine, you know, and like at nine, you're going to be leaving. And, uh, not cause I don't like you, not cause I don't love hanging out, but, um, putting an end time on the, on the hangout is, is a pretty solid move. That's been working well for us. Yeah. Lately. We, we had a cookout for a bunch of our neighbors recently moved it, you know, moved in a few months ago, hadn't had a chance to meet him. So we just invited a bunch of our neighbors over and mm-hmm. my, my wife sent out the invitations and she did that. It was like, you know, five thirty to seven yeah. or seven thirty, And it was great. Cause like at seven or seven thirty, whatever the time was on the nose, it went from sort of this awkward, like we don't quite know how to dismiss ourselves to everybody just kind of was like, well, thanks so much for having us. And they filed out yeah. and it was, it was not awkward and everybody yeah. knew the rules and it was great. Um, do, do you have any phrases you go to, to sort of <laughs> either get out of something, either to dismiss somebody else or to dismiss yourself? Uh, yeah. Um, the, it's been so good talking to you. This has uh-huh. been so great. I'll do that. I'll also do, man, I'd love to talk more about that sometime. Subtext. I don't want to talk about it now, um, <laughs> or, or sometime. But or, you know, or sometime. Better to just probably lie ever, a little bit. But yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be like, oh man, we should talk about that. Like we should really talk about that sometime. You know, um, subtext. Now is not the time. And yeah, I, it's yeah. That's that's a good one, especially because it, what it what you can then follow up with is so hit me up sometime, and you put the ball in their court. Yeah. And so if they if it's important to them, they can reach out. And if they don't reach yeah. out, you gave them the opportunity. So not your problem. Yeah. That's actually a really important thing, I think, to do with students, because a student will like if they run across you in the hallway, there are some that will just filibuster you to death. But if if they have something really meaningful to talk about, I'll sometimes put the ball in their court. And if it really means something to them, they'll come by during office hours or they'll email and set up an appointment or whatever. But if they just want to dump words into the bucket, cause I'm a nice guy. Um, and, and if they don't actually have any follow through, then giving them like one thing to do, giving them one step, um, it usually shuts it down. So, yeah. For, for some of them, it's an opportunity for some of them. It's an obstacle. Dude. Yeah. So like I've had students who have been like, you know, total randos who maybe I haven't even had in class. They'll be like, Cluck, uh, tell me everything about how to become a screenwriter. You know, like getting an agent and like everything about screenwriting. And I'm like, well, that's a whole class that I teach. Um, but, you know, I can't say no to anybody. But but with kids like that, I've started doing the whole, like I'll send them an article and I'll be like, you know, hey, give this a read. This is a really good overview. And then when we get together, we can discuss it. Yeah. And like that actually, that weeds a lot of people out. And the people that it doesn't weed out are the people who really do truly want to discuss that thing. And um, that that's actually a technique I learned from KK, from my wife. And she was just like, give them a little something to do. And then you'll see if they're for real or not. And uh, yeah, brilliant. I, I was like, that's brilliant. You know, that's, that's really good advice. So, uh, I've been doing that for a while. Yeah. I, I have two meaningless phrases I use that, that are very clear signals, but they don't actually. So one of them is, you know, if we're at somebody's house, it's just the, well, it's about that time. Oh, it's about that time. It's about it's that time. Solid. That's very old man. 
Yeah, and it and I, I mean I've used that like you know you're just kind of sitting around the conversation is lulled. It's about 15 minutes past when you wanted to leave. Yeah, and you and it and it goes well with the the thigh slap. You just well, it's about that time, and uh, <laughs> That's awesome. and and everybody immediately understands. They're like, all right, well, let me help you find your coats, and uh, thanks so yeah. much for coming. Yeah, the other one is I gotta run. I gotta run. I gotta run. Yeah, <laughs> so. You know, you get you get cornered by somebody who just wants to talk and talk and talk, and you're like, "Man, it's been great talking to you, but I got to run. Uh, hit yeah. me up sometime." And you just yeah. like you just put together three phrases, which get you out of it. Commit, commit to nothing, and if they want to follow up, they are, they can reach out. They know how to get a hold of me. So great talking yeah. to you. Um, got to run. Hit me up sometime. Solid, solid. That's good work, Pipe. We've uh, we've dispensed a lot of really helpful advice in this patreon app i hope i hope our listeners life-changing uh, really i hope they're grateful i hope they start using some of these phrases in their own lives and until next time hey welcome to the happy rant patreon only podcast a very special podcast for our very special listeners those who support us financially via patreon i am ted cluck joined as always in our very special Patreon-only studios by my good friend and partner in radio, Barnabas Piper. This setup is simple. Pipe comes to the table uh, with one topic, which we vamp about for eight to ten minutes. Pipe, what do you have for us? I have a very pressing question. It's the kind that uh, people look to us to listen <laughs> because nobody else does it as well as we do. Um, we have talked at length on, on our sports podcast uh, about uh, – particular names that will never really make it as sports stars you know um they're just yeah. names you're like yeah that person's not that person won't be a star they just yeah. they have the wrong name yeah um so yeah. the question we're gonna we're gonna take that principle and apply it to theology so what are names oh. that could never make great theologians <laughs> oh wow that's really good um Names that would never make great theologians. Brian. Right. And and I have a I have a cousin, a dear friend named Brian. He's like a brother to me. But Brian, the name exists in a certain kind of like 70s and 80s place where names were sort of informal. Um, I don't think there's ever been a good theologian named Brian. Brian McLaren like yeah published uh, a lot of books but well, his theology was hot garbage yep i think so, we can call him not a good theologian that's fair um not a I, good theologian um is yeah, it, i'm, I'm okay, going brian well, let, in round one what do you got yeah brian's a good one so let me let me take this more like in a in a kind of hot how do we put filters on this if if you couldn't yeah. imagine putting sir in front of their name does that like does that rule it out because like sir brian simply doesn't work you know that sounds like something sir brian uh, that sounds like work. that sounds like something monty python would have come up with um, it does. It does. Whereas, Let like, me ask you a question. You think about like you think about like Don Carson, you know, Sir Donald. Yeah. Like that that kind of works. Sir Donald, that works. Tom Wright, the, Sir the Thomas. DA thing works. Yeah. Yeah, Sir Thomas. Um I've got one that's gonna be hard to talk about because it hits pretty close to home. Okay. Um the name similar to Brian, it exists in a certain like 70s and 80s kind of realm. It's Kevin. Is there a ceiling on what Kevin DeYoung can com can accomplish as a theologian because his name is Kevin? Um, you think of Kevin and you think of like a kid that you rode BMX bikes with and, you know, 
1989. I mean, um, he's he's like taping a, a baseball card in between his spokes to make it sound like a motorcycle. You yeah, know? that's true. It's I mean, not a serious is, deal. Like, there's a couple guys pushing really because like Kevin Van Hooser is another one who like he's pushing really hard yeah, against right. that. Um, and so, you know, maybe maybe they maybe they are maybe they're the exception that proves the rule. Maybe they're like dragging that name and they're like, no, we we will not be BMX bike Kevin. We will be yeah. We will be you yeah. know khaki and blue blazer Kevin. Um, I love it, dude. They're doubling down and. So the other problem with Kevin, it doesn't work as an initializer. Like his K is a bad first initial for like if you were going to be like, you know, K.E. D. Young or, you know, K. S. Van Hooser or whatever. It just doesn't work. It's clunky. You know what I mean? Because I feel like if you have an inelegant first name, going initials is the move. And then there's, there's like the first initial middle name. Because there is like, yeah. so there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, I think he's an apologist, uh, K. Scott Oliphant. But even then, like, K, yeah. K is like, it's what you text to somebody when you're kind of annoyed at him. You're like, K. It, it, K it, has, period. it, had, it yeah, has sort yeah. of a perfunctory, dismissive kind of vibe to it. Okay, I, w- I want to ask you a question about that. Is there anything more obnoxious than first initial, middle name, and last name? I think that's the single most like <laughs> ridiculous trend in in publishing. And it's I'll give this caveat. If you did it before like 1941, you're fine. But anytime after that, you're a pretentious D-bag. Your thoughts? I mean, there's a lot of obnoxious stuff out there. But in the world of academia, it's hard to think of anything because because you know what that screams it screams, what? I am working so hard to sound legitimate. I want to yeah. sound, I want to sound respectable. So I'm going to pick on yep. a friend of mine because he doesn't do this, but he totally could. His, he goes mm-hmm. by Ryan. He is, he's, you know, mm-hmm. early forties. Um, and his, but his first initial is C. So yeah. he could, he could easily be C Ryan. And, and yet, you know, yeah. he has a, he has a resonant last name, which I'm not going to share because you know, I don't want people yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. dox him or whatever. Um, yeah, right. And uh, but like if 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 Ryan wanted to to write a, a theological book like Ryan doesn't work. It's right there with Brian. It's just it's probably slightly better, but not only slightly. Dude, but Ryan was, so doesn't work. But it's if he so was C Ryan, it, it would work. Yeah. But also if he mm-hmm. did that, it would be so clear that you're like. Oh, you you know your name that you go by doesn't work, so you are presenting yourself as something other than that. Like See, you, yeah, you're totally. posturing. This is this it, is academic posturing to the max. Yeah, it screams I'm uncomfortable with my first name. Where whereas I would be like just own it. So I, I think the move with Ryan, I think even Ryan as a middle name shatters the veneer of like academic pomposity. So I think the move for Ryan is just to go initials. So CR, CR Van Vandersma or whatever his last name is. That's yeah. the, that's the elegant solution. Um, similar I, to DA Carson, you just go initial initial. I do think initials work better than, than first yeah. initial middle name. Um, like yeah. let's, well, let's take, let's take our dear uh, absent co-host, Ronnie Martin. Yeah. He could be Ronald J. Yeah. Martin. That works. Like that's a strong yeah. name on a book. He could be, yeah. uh, 
he, he could be RJ Martin. That also works, although it sounds a little bit young adult fiction. Um, yeah, RJ is, Martin is young adult fiction, dude. I was just thinking that. That's so good. Yeah. But but uh, here's the problem with initials. It really throws mm. you off when you have a, a human interaction with that person. So I knew yeah. D.A. Carson and J.I. Packer as D.A. Carson and J.I. Packer um, right. long before I ever met them in person. I've met both of them yeah. in person. You don't walk up and go, hey, J.I. Like that. Yeah. And now in his case, you go, you know, your highness or your liege or, you know, doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, exactly. but, you know, like friends who know them are like, oh, Don. And I'm like, who's Don? Yeah. Like, oh, Don Carson. Oh, you mean D.A. Carson. Like, They're like, oh, yeah, Don and Jim, you know. Yeah. Two, I don't, two the, buddies who hang out down at the VA, you know. Well, that's the thing um, people do call him. Well, did. Did call him Jim Packer, yeah. who knew him. Like, I've heard Mark Dever do that. And I'm yeah. like, that sounds so wrong. Like, he's not Jim. And I, but I'm yeah. like, I guess he was probably a kid and like a normal person for a long time before he was the world's most prominent blurb writer and author of Knowing God. Um, But yeah, he... That, see, the, so the initials thing gets weird because it, it sort of dehumanizes. Because mm-hmm. do, do you know any people in real life who you call by yeah. their initials? I mean, I guess there's probably some I people d- who are like like RJ or whatever, but. Right. I was going to say I do, but they're only they're all young dudes and they're all athletes. Right. So like we have this kid who plays a sport at, at the school where I teach. His name's JJ. And I've always known him as JJ. He will always be JJ. Maybe when he's 45 and trying to publish a theology book, he'll be like, you know, James, Jonathan, whatever his last name is. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think initials to some degree, it's the purview of like young dudes and athletes. But, and I do know a guy named RJ, actually. I have a good, I have a good friend named RJ. So Wait, that's um, okay. So yeah. what about, but, but there are like, you think about the way authors do it. There's like RL Stein and DA yeah. Carson and JI Packer and you know, HR, whatever, uh, HL Mencken, yeah. like nobody calls yeah. their friends HL. Right. You know, they, they right. You don't call them DA. So like there are, there are nicknames that are names, you know, the pastor at our church is yeah. TJ. And like yeah. TJ is just a name. It's it's like it's like saying right. Johnny. You know, it's a name. Yeah, it's his name, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So let let me ask you this: the example you just gave, TJ, that particular TJ, and maybe he's done this already, and I'm I'm just ignorant. But if he were to move into the realm of like serious theology books, would TJ? Would it work for him? Would it be viable? Would it have legs? Um, or does it sound too young guyish, too athlete, too whatever? Yeah, see, he's an interesting mix because he was a college football player who has a doctorate mm-hmm. from the University of Aberdeen in theology. Yeah. So, like, he there you is go. jumbled <laughs> contradictions. Yeah, he's he is he is TJ the the former wide receiver and also uh, Thomas J the yeah, Doc, Dr. Thomas J., the the theologian. I, I'm guessing if he – so he hasn't written anything for publication uh, because, yeah. you know, he's in, he's insistent that he should do his job as a pastor, which I appreciate about him. I actually um, find that massively refreshing. I wish yeah. there were more people like him. 
especially um, because of all the guys who should be writing books. I'd put him in the top few percent and a bunch of the guys who do write books in the bottom few percent. But that's that's a separate issue. Um, but 100%. my guess is if he was to write something in the in the realm, especially of denser theology, he would he would put he would go by Thomas, not TJ. Um, yeah. Or yeah. and if it was like formal theology, it might be Dr. Thomas, which would be so weird because literally yeah. nobody calls him doctor. Nobody in our church. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just yeah. it's not a thing that happens. Again, that speaks to like what a good dude he is. Um, he's not insisting people call him doctor. That's uh, that's solid by him. Um, Pike, I, okay. Any other names that wouldn't. Well, yeah, I, I have I have a positive spin on this and it's it's a, it's looking ahead to the future of theology. Um like yeah. there, you know, there's these things that sort of ebb and flow. Like you think about, we needed the Reformation at one point because the church had really languished. <laughs> we needed um, yeah. great awakenings for these reasons. I feel like current, like six-year-olds are really well yeah. set up to be wonderful theologians because they're named things like William and, you know, yes. Harold and these other names that you're like, okay, yeah. we're bringing back these names of substance. Like, sorry, Austin, Cooper, Hunter, like you're out. Yeah, you you yeah. were going to languish for the next couple couple decades until until yeah. these young classically named, you know, Jameses yeah. and such are going to come up and, and, and resurrect good theology. Yeah, especially in the Christian community, it's a lot of a lot of like old timey, you know, theologically sounding names. Um, and you're right, like that that generation is going to come roaring back with some I don't know if the work will be solid, but the names will be solid. We'll, yeah, there's going to be a uh, we'll there's going to be that. so many there's going to be so many Haddons who are trying to get their trying to get their divs in 20 years. Dude, if I had a nickel for every Haddon in our church, um, <laughs> yeah, that's so that's so like trending right now. That's amazing. Um, yeah, good good times, and yeah, we we definitely are seeing these things in our churches. Pipe, uh, we've done what we always do with this topic. It was, uh, it was really fun and it was interesting and funny to, to think about and keep an eye on. And until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at life audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.